ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. Randy Perry, how are you, sir? I am doing good this evening. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking some time with ATV Talk. We really appreciate it. I understand running a race series in a construction company it probably keeps you very, very busy. All the time. All the time. Seven days a week. But, you know, well, we have to find some time. to do with your time, right? I guess. Maybe have fun sometimes. <laughs> I thought we already were having fun. We, yes, exactly. We are. This is, something, this is something away from work, so I like this. Yes. That's awesome. Hey, if you don't mind me asking, how did you get started in the racing world? Um, like since a little when I was a little kid? Yeah. When I first started? Okay, so I grew up in Ohio, okay? Toledo, Ohio. Um, left there in 85 as soon as I could when I graduated from high school. But prior to that, um, my grandparents um, got me into BMX at that time. Um, did that for about three years. Um, then I started on, uh, I got an 85, um, CR Honda. Um, so I raced, I raced a CR 85 Honda, a 125, and then up to a 250. till I was about 17, just at our local, nothing major back there, just local tracks in Ohio. Um, mostly moto. Um, now and then would do something like Grand Prix style racing, such as we have on the West coast. Um, uh, I was pretty much, um, I would say maybe a week, a writer at the end of my career, probably a good B writer. Um, so that's where it all started. Nowadays, um, I do have some bikes. I do. I, I have some quads. I have some side by side. So, but most of it now is just to go out and have some fun watching the boys go around the track. So that's nice. Um, no, uh, no ATVs when you were younger, just all motorcycles. No, I had a couple as I, when I got older and could buy my own, you know, I think my first, uh, bigger quad was a scrambler 500. Uh, I think that was a 2001 that I okay. got thousand, but I like that, piped that up a little bit and had some fun with that. But again, no racing, just having a good time out in the desert out here in Arizona. Nice. And you've been in Arizona since you moved from, from back east? Um, well, I did go a couple of years. I lived in San Diego. I lived in Pacific Beach. Um, went out that way from Ohio when I graduated. Um, followed one of my, I started working construction over there with a framing contractor at that time. Uh, I was going to school. Um, so work, working construction, it seemed like, oh, well, this is a lot of money. You know, I was in California. I came from Ohio. So I was like, why do I have to go to school? Um, probably should have stayed in school. <laughs> but uh, he moved over to Havasu, basically, and I followed him over here. Um, I think this year in August, um, it'll be 33 years I've been here at Lake Havasu. So, so you've seen a lot of growth. Oh, tons of growth, tons of growth. Uh, I think when I moved here, there might have been locally, locally, maybe about six or 7,000 people that lived here full time. Um, but of course, we you know how Havasu is. We always had the big weekends, so the population seemed bigger a lot of times throughout the summer. 
Um, just started my adult life pretty much, you know, getting into construction here. And a uh, couple of years after that, started my own thing. Um, I started a framing company, um, which is RJ Perry Custom Framing. We do uh, predominantly a lot of framing from from Laughlin. Uh, sometimes I'll go far, you know, as far as Blythe and Yuma too. Um, but pretty much in Lake Havasu, Bullhead City, uh, Parker. Um, I have another construction company, which is Bridgewater Builders. Um, that's a general contracting company that I started about seven years ago. Uh, kind of get to, uh, I had a buddy who kind of dropped out during the recession, needed some help. So I started that up and partnered up with him. Um, I am the qualifying party on that, but, uh, uh, me and him do that daily in and out. We build about, we built 50 houses to 60 houses a year for the last five years. So that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. We're, we're busy. We're really busy. So that's a good thing. Well, you're, you're still upright. So it must, must not be too bad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The, the stress level in that is probably through the roof sometimes, isn't it? Um, yes. The stress level seems to be each year. I mean, you know, from 10 years ago till now, uh, homeowners are a lot more involved. Uh, there's a lot more TV shows on with construction going on that show you uh, something being built in 30 days, which is, you know, it's a TV show. Right. So it's a little physically impossible, but they go, why isn't this going like this? Um, so homeowners are more involved, um, but customers king. So, but it is a little different. It's a little different uh, than it was a few years ago. So. Oh, I bet the internet's ruined a lot of things. You know, I know. Yeah, I hate to say it like that, but yes, it has. Um, everybody's quick to know when their permits ready at the city or the county. Like I'm, I just got the email myself, so I will go get it. You know, so almost, uh, almost. Sometimes I'm wondering, you should have just built the house yourself, and I could have just maybe did some uh, consulting. <laughs> right there, you go. You you yeah. obviously know how to do this, so why am I here? Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, but customers king, but I, sometimes I want to say it, I'm like, man, you're more on top of your house than I am. Um, so, but you know, we we believe in working with people. So, you know, we have, we have some guys that will stand in your bags right out there and uh, going, Hey, what are you going to do? I'm like, just give me a second. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's the gist of that. I do love customers that usually just come sign a contract. Um, let me know when you need some money and let me know when I can move in. Right. Um, they're, they're the best ones. That's kind of like myself. Whatever I get done, I'm just like, let me know when I can pick it up and how much it costs. <laughs> I like the I like the the race team setup or the customer like that. Yeah, we're gonna show up at this time. Perfect. I'll be there, you know. And we yes. roll the bike out of the trailer, roll the bike out of the shop and say, Here you go, you know. Well, I, I don't think, why should it complicate your life if you're spending money to build a house or, or build a race quad or a motorcycle or side by side? I mean, you need, if you're going to hire someone, you should have faith in them. And, you know, you have to check that out a little bit, but have faith in them that knowing they're going to give you the best product they can. Um, does that always work out? Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, you know, but you learn from that of letting people do what they do. And, uh, I think that eases up your stress myself. I like to get things done by other people that I don't want to put my hands in and touch per se. Um, and it makes me do get to do other things I get to do per se. Right on, right on. Like having a, like having a race series. 
Yeah. There's always got to be somebody doing something and you, you have to be the guy that's making the calls. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, same with the, same with the construction company though, right? Yeah. Um, the construction company, I would say it's more manageable. Um, you know, your, your business is in one town. My office is in one town. My models are in one town. Um, I have to sometimes go to eight, nine, 10, 11 different towns. Um, you're not there for a year per se. So you have to make sure, Hey, that guy I met, you know, over there, you know, Leonard, hopefully he can help out, you know, with water. And so you have all this, these people and it changes. So you have to shift gears all the time and you have to be like, what? that's not going to happen. So you have to find a new source and make it happen. So it's uh, stressful, but it also, it, it also keeps you on your toes a lot more than construction, the race series, a lot of curveballs, you know, especially this last year and, and going into 2021, you know, so. When did you know that you wanted to be a race promoter? Um, I think following the work series and following, uh, you know, big six per se district. Um, I had my boys raced that for a long time, you know, since 2010. Um, and then we did some, uh, any other little racing was going on, you know, some AZOP races, whatever was going on, you know, over in Glen Helen, we just raced all the time. It was a good way to spend some time with my, with my son, Dane. Um, let's see at that time he was probably 11, 12 years old. And his buddy, Travis Damon, I was a few years older than him. Um, I just found racing was a great way to uh, have the kids with you and go, you know where they're at. They're at a track. They're having fun there. Um, and you're all getting into, you know, working on the bikes, working on the quads and uh, good family time, you know, instead right. of you just coming home and going, hey, dad, I'm going to go hang out here and uh, I'll see you in four or five hours wondering where they're at, per se. <laughs> so getting in, getting into the, getting into the owning the works series was okay. So I started with that. Um, you know, we went up to like six, 15, 16, getting a little disappointed with the work series myself as a, as a parent and spending all our money, you know, and, and, and hitting it, we hit every race and anything we ever did if we were going to compete for a championship. Um, it just seemed to get a little bit weaker and weaker, um, a little bit more maybe thrown together. Um, and I don't, I hate to say it like that, but I mean, you know, the truth's the truth. And sometimes you have to face what's happening needs to be fixed. Um, so I, I talked with Sean, I believe early, started talking to him in 17. Um, he seemed to be searching for someone, a certain person, maybe to be the face of works, which I can understand, you know, with Homer and his family owning it for years. And then, and then, and then the Reddish family taking it over. Um, I, 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 and I understand that now, um, me having it since the, you know, the last couple months of 18, the last couple of races, I started working with works day in and day out, setting the tracks up and everything. Um, to know that works racing just isn't my family or the prior families. It's, it's something that if it may be in the future, if it goes away from the Perry family, that it has to be the right person that's going to take care of that baby, you know, and, and, and make sure it takes care of all our racers. So that was important. And I, and I feel at that time, um, me and him talked more and more at the end of 18. Um, well earlier in 18, uh, for me to take full bore of it in 19, um, told me what he wanted for it. We agreed upon a price 
Um, and here we are today. So um, wow. I truly think I truly think that we're trying to do better. Um, I think in most people's eyes, that would be that probably would be yes, they are doing better. Um, and you know, you're going to have some people that maybe think you're not better or you're doing just the same thing. But you're always going to have that. Um, I do know in anything I do in my family, which my wife's involved, my son's involved, and you know everyone's involved in what we do in the construction thing and what we do in racing. And anything we own is going to be right and tight. It's going to be what we can do with the revenue we get. A lot of revenue comes out of our pocket. Um, I think it was lacking that maybe with works. Um, sponsorship went down and everything. So I'm trying to regroup on a lot of things like that. But right now, I know I took it on, and I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. So and that's, that's what we're awesome. going to this day. I mean, I really think that because I've been doing this for a long time, and the, the more guidelines that are followed to the T in the rule book, the better the series. Oh, I think so. I mean, you know, if you have a rule book and you're not, no one's, you know, paying attention or abiding by it, or your governing body's not um, per se going, hey, that's okay, or we don't really mean that, or I think it, I think it's something that's very, rules are very important in whatever you do. Your oh, everyday I'm, I'm a thousand percent, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I know when Sean came into it, I was... I was working with a guy named Doug Eichner and, and we used to tie that rule book into pretzels and Sean would just pull his hair out with us. You know, I mean, I didn't want to break the rule, but I sure wanted to, I sure wanted to flex it a little. Um, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that in creating, um, a, a platform that a keeps you on your toes and keeps all the other racers on their toes because somebody's trying to think outside the box and make it a better, a better, better series, a better race, you know, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally concur. Um, yes. Our rule books, um, what I've learned about our, you know, all, all three disciplines of our rule books. Um, the toughest one I would say would be with the side-by-sides. Um, I mean, man, those things change weekly, the parts you can get, the, the hop-up kits you can get, you know, east, you know, the electronic parts you can get for them, anything you can get. It's just like, you can buy something six months ago and eight months later, it's like, oh, that's old news. I don't know why you're running that. So it's really, um, to be totally honest here, it's, it's hard to keep up with because our whole rule book that I inherited was pretty much just set up on like, you know, bring your rhino out, you know, bring your friend out, you know, buckle in tight and here we go. And now these cars are, they're huger, they're big, they're wide, they're longer, they're super fast. Um, there's a lot of money in them. So it, it's something really, you almost have to keep up rule book wise. And, and I would say tech wise to be checking almost all the time with different stuff, fuel, you know, you know, there's just so many things that that really has to be, that has to come more full circle. We have to get better at that in in that discipline side by sides. Um, Motorcycles and quads, you know, I look at like in our motorcycles and quads, our pros, I pretty much think they all follow the rules of (laughs) this is what you can do. And hopefully you're a pro, you're not doing more than that. 
But I think that's also something that has to be maybe a little investigated in on both disciplines as far as motorcycles and quads, um, just to open up a few things and see like, wow, that's, that's not really good. Exactly. I think, you know, keeping people on their toes and, and, and always, um, you might say slap the wrist occasionally, you know, Hey guys, we're, we're going to check this just because, and you know, you see the mad dash for certain people going, Oh boy, we're in trouble. Um, and then other people don't care because they know they're within the rules. Right. Right. And I would be the guy who's within the rules. I mean, you know, we spend enough money doing this. Everyone does, you know, with racing, any racing you do. I don't care if it's a boat or a dragster, um, all in between. But, um, you know, why need more? I think you should find more more in your rider, per se. I, like, I would like to see all the machines out there and all the disciplines even. That'll never probably happen. Um, I, I do think they could be even. I do think there's a guy out there that can probably know a little bit more than someone else and keep it even and make it faster or make it perform more and better at that time. So, Well, I think that in the confines of the production rules, you could uh, limit them to be even or more even in, in, in a specific track. This one's going to perform better a specific environment. This one's going to perform better. Um, you just have to get, you would have to get a little creative in how you wrote, wrote the rule book um, because there are things in the ATV world that give advantages to this, the two models that you're going to deal with. I don't think you're going to deal with Kawasaki's and Suzuki's in the quad world. Um, the LTR is a, is a perfectly adequate machine, but the last one was made in, in 2009. Uh, right. Right. You know, and we, we predominantly see yeah, it's Yamaha and Honda. Right. And Honda's last ones were made in 14. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, which, you know, with that being said, you know, I, I think about how many people can continue to find these 14s and get parts out of them. They well, got to be kind of slipped on. We just started getting uh, back orders on 0405 parts. Um, every once in a while, you'll see something on an 06 up that's not available. Like on an 06 uh, e-start bike, you can't buy the carb, but you can still buy the same carb out of a 14 that, that's the same carb. You know, so um, Honda's supposed to make parts until 2024. They usually make parts longer than that. Look at the 0405s. Um, so we are a little stressed about it. I think I think Honda's got to do something, whether they just make the same bike again or or make a new one. They, they got to do something. Um, well, I think it's too good of a program just to go away. You know, I mean, at a certain point, if they phase it out by – by getting manufactured parts per se, or we'd have to rely on private parties to make these parts to have these machines out there. Yeah. Cranks and gears and uh, things like that. You're just astronomical costs. Look at the TRX 250R world. You know, it's, uh, it's surviving totally on the aftermarket companies making components for it to keep this machine alive. Uh, you right. know, from chassis to cases to, um, I don't know if anybody's main made the main shafts yet for the transmission, but they're making gears and they're making all these other components for them. 
to keep them alive. And um, they're awesome machines, but would you bring them out and race them at a works race? I personally wouldn't, but I know people that have. Yes, I know. I've seen them. So, and it's awesome to see them. Um, do you, do you think maybe that, you know, Honda's, did they give up on the quads? Did they, did they just want to, you know, predominantly go with their motorcycle? So that, I mean, and, and, you know, I love Honda motorcycles. I like all Hondas. Um, to me, they don't seem to change much year to year. They like to change every four or five years on the motorcycle side. Um, but did they give up, you know, maybe going with the talent with the side by side and go, we're going to, you know, go with this and just get rid of the quad program itself. And I'm asking. From what I see and the little bits that I know from here and there, um, they had, they have specific projects that um, the Honda people, and I, and I want to say family, but uh, when Mr. Honda died, the company changed. The children took over and they changed the way the company is. Um, Mr. Honda saved everything from day one. You could still buy parts from. That's awesome. Within a very short, within the, I don't even think Mr. Honda was cold and they were dumping warehouses, uh, just destroying parts. Um, what I believe they have is I believe they have it on the docket to build, but they have things that are more important. And the bean counters are telling him, no, this product's going to make you more money. No, this product's going to make you more money. Um, and instead of being a mainstay in the ATV industry, and I think sparking the whole thing, I mean, I, I believe it would ignite the industry um, because you would be developing new parts. You'd have a whole new group of people buying new machines. Um, wouldn't hurt the old stuff as bad <coughs> as you think because you'd still have a whole slew of people that would be buying those good parts and using them for years and years until they graduated into the new stuff. I mean, yeah, I think that's a total good way to look at it. You'd have the people that have been with Honda forever and trying to patch them together and trying to find the older machines to put together frames and all that. This is finally a new product, you know, um, and that would have an inventory of people to get them, which would be start a whole cycle. I can get this inventory of these older bikes and get into the Honda program and and get on new Hondas. That would be perfect. Oh, I think it would be. And, and, uh, I know they, I know they did some stuff a few years ago with a, a Dakar bike called the African, the African machine. I don't remember the exact specific details of it. And then they had a deal with a jet they were working on. And then I knew the Talon was an issue. Um, and I know they've had some issues competing in the 450 class and they've in the motorcycles. I know they've spent a lot of time, uh, developing their, their CRFs. Um, and uh, I believe that that has taken a lot of the resources away from the ATVs. Uh, they want to get back on the top on uh, on the box there. I believe out of all the companies in in the industry, you know, you can't take anything away from Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki. I won't even mention the two other brands that I that I despise. Um, but uh, I believe that Honda is the best company with the best hardware and the best overall quality. And Yamaha is nipping at their heels pretty, pretty aggressively. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, cause they can still push out new machines. So that's kind of a, you know, it's not a slap in the face, but it's, you, you capture a market that way too. 
Am I correct? You know, with you maybe younger quad guys coming up and it's like, well, dad, I'm, I'm ready for the bigger bike. I'm ready for a 450. I, well, Honda's making them every year. Maybe I should go with them. And Yamaha sold, on that too. Yamaha sold every sport quad 450 they have. Oh my gosh. Okay. 2021s haven't hit the market yet. Um, is it a supply problem from Japan? I believe that the COVID, um, from what I'm feeling in, in our company and what I'm seeing around the world in the, in the ATV world, the COVID has damaged the supply line and they're struggling to fill it. I think you felt it in the construction world too. Yeah, it, it's, it's in everything. It's just not in the motor industry or motor industry of, you know, motorcycles and quads, but it's even in, you know, Chevys and Fords and everything, you know, um, people are begging to buy back, you know, your vehicle that's a year old or whatever. And they just, the supply and demand of everything. Yes. In construction, um, our hands are tied with almost everything we want to do. You know, I have a model home. I have, a, I have 18 models you can pick from, but I have a model home and this could be on your level lot per se. Um, I can't get half of the the light fixtures anymore. The stone, there's just so many things that have made it since COVID started that it makes me kind of look foolish to go, this is your model I can put on your level lot, but I can't get this, this, and this, and this. And some people understand, some people don't. They're like, well, that's not the way you're selling. I'm just saying we could go with a product you'd like to pick and put on it, but I can't get these anymore. It, it's unless you want to wait three years to move in your house because it's going to take 16 months to get your appliances. So, um, so yeah, we've seen it all the way around, I believe, with anything have, getting manufactured. Do you have people that are totally oblivious to understanding that the supply line is broken? I think those are me, me people, huh? Like, I don't care. I'm not listening. I just know I want to get my stuff and you know, I want to be in my house or I want to be on my machine per se. More not understanding people, I guess. Yeah. I, every once in a while, I get a customer on the phone that's just totally out of control about a Chrome part. Okay. What do you want me to do? Chrome has been shut down more times than it's been open this year. And I was already behind three to four months when COVID happened. So, yeah. and, and, they're, and, and they don't just service us. They service the car industry. Uh, they do multiple like uh, light fixtures and other things where they're assembly line products. So we're, we're just waiting patiently when it shows up, we're happy and uh, we ship it because I don't put anything on the shelf anymore. Right. Right. Yeah. It's too hard to have anything on the shelf anymore. So, um, and, then, and then we're just getting ridiculous prices with things too, you know. The, the cost of everything, not everything, but the cost of some things has went up noticeable where you're just like, whoa, I wasn't ready for that. Um, and, and or, you, or maybe I'll wait to do that right now. <laughs> we, we don't have anybody that's calling and wanting an engine waiting. They're saying, uh, that's not quick enough, but I'll wait. Thank you. Yeah. That, that delivery date is firm. <laughs> uh, that delivery date is the estimated delivery time based on the fact that this is when we think the parts are going to come in for your engine. Right. <laughs> and they yeah. go, what? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and you know what, what hurts that is because of what's going on with, you know, you know, off-road motorsports, um, and I don't know about other motorsports because they have a lot of spectators, but 
this year for works racing with everything that was going on crazy and shifting around and doubling around in this, um, our attendance was the highest in the last 10 years. Okay. Right. Um, I was just sometimes let's just get this races on for these guys and girls. Let's go. Um, we get 300 people, whatever. Let's just fulfill, you know, our contract with the sponsors I have and give them, you know, a legitimate run in a championship, which for works racing is, you know, we want to say at least eight rounds, eight rounds for a championship in all disciplines. Um, if things are going great, sometimes we'll go 10, 11, you know, uh, but I like to keep around, you know, nine, 10, 11. Um, but there was just so many people that came out and raced. I mean, I, I would think, well, let's get three or 400 people and we get eight, nine, a thousand people, you know, I'm like, That's wow. So everyone's looking for something to do to get, to go get out and do something. I think a lot of people are so fed up with, um, you know, stay at home, do this, do this, which I understand we have to, but I also at a certain point we have to keep our, our sanity and we have to go hiking. We have to go ride our, our mountain bikes. We have to go ride our quads, our motorcycles, and let's just go do that and get out of here and, and you know, stretch our wings a little bit. So that's kind of what I think I've seen this year from our side in works racing. I think that you're seeing a resurgence of people realizing that they want to live. Oh yeah. Yeah. When, when things are taken away from you, you start thinking, wow, I should respect those a little bit more or look into like, that was a great time. I totally appreciate it. You know? And, and then you get to go back out and ride in the dunes, ride on the trails, go back to the races. And, and they understand that all of these things cost money, but you know, you're just, you're out there living again, instead of stuck in the rut, always at home or always doing this. Do you not see in some of the companies that you deal with that the workforce is not in the office anymore? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. A lot of, um, the, the industry is changing in, in so many different ways of, of people working from home. Um, you know, I used to have three different models for per se with three different realers, realtors in them, almost like an auto dealership, you know, come on in, you know, we're going to get you in this house today. You're signed. <laughs> you know? But now it's been more appointments. We'll show you our model. Um, we'll meet you there at certain times, stuff like that. Um, so people are getting more adjusted, but I think they're getting more adjusted to doing the research through the computer, through the internet and stuff and finding, you know, if it's a home or if it's a car, if it's a motorcycle or quad, um, and go and getting what they want. Um, you know, there's yings and yangs about that. I mean, I, I'm more of a, I want to go touch stuff. You know, I want to come to your shop and see what you're doing and look at it and, you know, and yeah, okay, this is going to be good to spend some money here. That's the kind of guy I am. So I, I don't want to buy things off the internet. I don't want to buy things off websites. I want to, I want to go check it out, you know, feel it, sit on it, stuff like that. I'm going to touch it so, for Yeah. So, I mean, maybe a little bit old school, but I know they got, you know, you can buy cars, you know, they'll send it to your house and you got 30 days to try it out. I just don't like that. You know, I want to go see what's going on with what I'm spending. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally in it. I like, it's just like the phone. I don't want a recording. Uh, if I'm calling to buy something and it's a recording, I hang up and I call somebody else because I want to talk to a person. Right. And then, and then that's even difficult, huh? I mean, you, you, you call and it's like, you dread, you know, I, I push you off on my wife. Cause I'm like, it's going to take 45 minutes. Just to get to someone, 
Right. And then, and then half the time I don't understand them or I don't know what's going on. It's just, I'm, I'm so bored with it at that time. I'm just like, okay, well then charge me that, whatever is going on at that time. I used to like, used to be able to call someone. They'd be like, what can we do for you today, Leonard? All right, we're going to get down to the bottom of this. We're going to figure this out. Yeah, you're right. Right here, you got overcharged or your parts in Ohio somewhere. It'll be to you in two days. And if it's not, call me back. That doesn't happen no more in business. So, Well, you know, the work, I don't know what it is for you, but workforce, like in our world, nobody wants to come in and be the trainee. They want to come in and be the boss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been doing this for almost 40 years you're not going to tell me yeah. you come in and sweep the floor for me. And if you do that good, then I'll see about getting you a higher level task. But until the floor is clean, you know, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yes. And, and I'm, I really don't see many young people like in what I do. Uh, people think I joke around, but you can send me a hundred young people that want to work and I'll, teach you a trade and you will make good money. You know, you'll make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. If you listen to me and, and go the route that I did. Um, I give away that much more. I give over a million dollars of work just in framing. I give it to other people because I, I can run ads. I can do all kinds of things, but nobody's coming out to a job site anymore and going, Hey, just try me out. I'm a good worker. I don't know nothing about this. I'll be like, that's the best thing. If you don't know nothing about it, I'm going to teach you the right way. Um, <laughs> We, we get, we only get, you know, maybe I would say one out of 15 kids nowadays, you know, that want to be like pushing an envelope on what they're learning. So if it's sweeping, right, he's done that already. Okay. He's done that already. He's done that already. So let's, what are we going to teach him? Let's start getting him into showing how to build an engine, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and you used to love doing that, huh? When you had someone, you could be like, let me show you what's up here and just listen to what I'm telling you. And, you know, be, be a mentor. Um, and, and actually, you know, like I always say, it sounds weird. I can make as much money as I can in construction, but I love teaching someone for one, you know, maybe 30, 40, 50 years from now, they might be like, yeah, I remember this guy, Randy, he showed me how to do this and he's showing somebody else. I'll be flipping over wherever I'm at at that point, because that's what I wanted to achieve. You know what I mean? Well, I just did an inspired episode, which that's what this is as well. And ATV talk has branched out into uh, not only talking to the racers and the developers and the builders and and things, but we've also reached out to people that are inspirational in in the community, inspirational in life, inspirational in whatever it is that they're doing. And I sat down with a young man that worked for, uh, met my dad in a grocery store, has the same last name, just had moved from Oklahoma. Uh, thought that was the coolest thing that we worked on ATVs and, and, uh, motorcycles and uh, wanted to learn. And he was bagging groceries at the time. Uh, he came to the shop multiple, multiple times. And we just kept, we finally just gave him a shot at something and it was clean in the bathroom and the bathroom had never been that clean. We hired him on the spot and now he owns a company that services shocks for the trophy truck industry and he's like the guy he's doing the work for fox and king and the best of the best are coming to him and his shop is immaculate and the things that my brother and i have taught him and other people are what he implemented into his business and um his partner is uh is another young man that worked for us also and uh 
these two guys uh, pretty much, yeah, it's, it's, it's the success story that we all dream of. Right. And you gave them a chance. Um, did they learn everything from you? Probably not. Um, I mean, I think we all learn from different spots and, and make it ours. Um, but that's totally, that's totally awesome to see someone achieve that did work for you and you gave them a shot and, uh, and they, and they ran with it. I say, you know, that's what I tell people. I want to see, I want to see people take my job. I want you to run me over one day and go, I'm the new builder in town. I'm a new framer in town. And I like, cause it's a competition thing. Right. Yep. Um, but I don't see that and I'm not scared. So it's like, I want to be, I want to see someone kind of give me some pressure, get my old butt off the ground and, you know, go, okay, we'll see what's going to happen with this. You know? My but brother, yeah, my brother and Lauren and I talk a lot because we keep looking behind us, and there's nobody there. Yeah, yeah. So, it, but we—that's how America was built. You know, it was built on competition. It was built when the industrial ages. You know, of you know, you were making a part, and I was like, that's pretty damn good. Okay, then I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a little bit better. And it just yeah. went like that, went like that, and then we got all this technology we have today because of people like that, that did that. Um, but you're right. I get a lot of people that will in construction will say, you know, I, I got a, I just, I was at Purdue. I got an engineering degree and I can come run your company and do all this. They're 24. Um, they're really good on a computer, really good in the CAD programming and all kinds of other stuff, but they have no shop time per se with you or no uh, slab time of coming out and going, Oh, what's this? Well, this is all the stuff that you got in all your calculations here. You can tell me how that works in your computer, but I want you to see how all this stuff goes up. With that being said, my son, Travis, is like my other son to me. Um, those guys, you scrap up jobs. They started at the low, 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 and they don't advance until they're mega good at it, you know, mm -hmm. because they're both going to be really good at what I do in the future and, and take my stuff over. and and. Uh, They'll be good at it. They won't be fake at it per se. You know, we have a lot of paper contractors in the world. We, I think we have a lot of paper people that are, you know, very intelligent, um, schooled very good. Uh, but when it comes right down to it, do they have an answer for an answer for an answer when those first three didn't work out? There's not a lot of talented people like that anymore. Well, and some of it comes from life experience and just taking the shot because you did it wrong and now you have to fix it. And nobody wants to take responsibility. You know, it, it's just like our company. Uh, one thing that our fathers taught us, Hey, you did the work. No, you don't have time to do the job again, but guess who's staying late to fix that guy's bike because you did it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. For free. I mean, I've always been one. I call it construction. Hacking leads to more hacking. So if you want to like, let's just cover it up like this, or let's cover it up like that. It's just continues to look worse. It has to be cut down at the bottom, thrown away, get some more material in, and let's do it right and pay attention this time. Um, that's the only way you should do things. Right. I mean, um, I, I, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way. So I love being around people. I love meeting people in life that are true. I call tradesmen. Um, you know, and, and that could be a tradesman could be, you could be a newscaster, you could be a quad engine builder, but someone that's like, wow, that guy is hands down, you know, and we don't meet many anymore. You know, um, we have a lot of people that have assumptions of how to get things done. And then none of them are leaders to go get that done either. 
times. You know, they, I, I don't want to go out there and hang my neck out. Well, sometimes you got to hang your neck out. I tell people every day to this day, I'll be 50, 54 years old in February. I make mistakes every day. But what I do is I don't, um, I don't make the same mistake. I might make it twice. I'm not going to make it three times though. Yeah. Right. You understand what I'm saying about that. So, um, you have to, you have to make the mistakes and you're like, dang, don't do that again. Um, I need to go this way this time. <laughs> so you smash your door in the, your hand in the door once. Okay. That hurt. I don't want to do that again. I might be more cautious next time. Well, yeah. And you end up doing it again later because you weren't paying attention. You go, okay, focus oh. back on what you're doing and let's, let's keep it in line and keep my hand out of the door. Right. Right. Totally right. For yeah, sure. you know, we do that. There's so many comparisons in, in, in life when you see, I don't own Duncan racing. I just work there. I own ATV talk and Duncan technology. And I've had great lessons in teaching, you know, my father, uh, who probably was a great mechanic, great engine builder, uh, great at teaching him how to self, how to do things, but not a very good businessman. My brother, on the other hand, is a great businessman and pretty good at all the other stuff too. So, you know, I've had good people to follow. And uh, right. my dad tells me all the time, I'm like my grandfather, he was a get it done guy. And I'm a, I believe, let's just get it done. Come on. Why are we standing here? If we're going to be here, let's just do it and get it over with. Well, if you're going to be standing somewhere, let's go stand at home or go stand on a track somewhere, or go stand by a lake, have a beer or something. You know what I mean? Not stand here going, whose fault is this? And I think we should do it this way. Let's just get it done and let's get it done the best way we can. And exactly. If there's a four or five man crew, somebody's got to be in charge. Hey, well, you got, you grab this, you do this, you get that cord over here. Let's just, let's get this thing done. Go on. Come on. I think Leonard that you always just find the one guy doing all the work though sometimes. Cause you know, people peel, they tend to peel back and go, I think he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we run a, we used to run a really big crew. Now we run, we're really, very small. And, and uh, I'm, I don't play super well with others in my work environment because I have very high expectations of how things need to be done. Um, and once that they get to that level that I can trust them, uh, then it's a totally, yeah, then we can talk and grab ass and, and because I know we're working at the same time. Right. Right. And I've only, you know, I don't even work that way with my brother and I know how good he is yeah. and I still have to be on him or watching him, uh, because he does a different form of the job than I do. Right. Well, I, I found that out. You can have a, a carpenter that's been doing it for 30 years and a carpenter that's been doing it for 30 years. And you can look at both projects, both houses, and man, they're bitching. Both of them look, you know, there's, you can't see, they're pretty much the same. But it's about the way of getting there. Um, I have a lot of guys I have, you know, so all my foremans, I think I have six this week. Um, so they have five or six guys under them. Um, I go to some of their jobs and I do it all the time until this day. And they've been working for me forever. And I'll be like, Oh my God, what's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? But I know in the end, it's going to be the same. Would I have done it? Would I have done what he's doing to get to the end? No. Um, but what I've learned is you have to let people when they have that knowledge you were talking about a little bit earlier um, to where you can grab ass and, and bullshit a little bit. Um, knowing that 
they're going to get it done on time. When they said they're going to get it done, it's going to be A1 quality. Right. Um, I think that's when you, like I said, when you get all the heavyweights up there, sometimes we do more of like, I would have done this. It was like, okay, just do it. I'll go work on the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Pick a task and go take care of it. Yeah. We're wasting too much time sitting here with the pride thing, you know, bouncing back and forth, you know? Well, you learn, you know, my brother is a micromanager and he's learned learning with me over the years, especially as I get older, you know, you gave me the task. I'm doing the task. I'm, I've done enough of them. Don't tell me how to do it. Just tell me to get it done. And when it has to be done and it will be. Right. See, with that being said, I was kind of like that because I could figure everything out real quick. So I'll come to my job sometimes and I'll start going. I'll just go, am I talking too much? I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like okay, I'm going to shut up because I see it. I just want to go, whir, whir. you're there. That's what you need to do. And you need to do it just like I told you. And then I'm like, I'm talking too much. I'm just going to peel back. So I think peeling back and letting people, good people do what they're supposed to do is the way for your business to grow. I mean, it'd be have a lot of stuff going on, you know? Exactly. Um, and then sometimes I look at, sometimes I like to just maybe do stuff with me and two other guys and I'd be just as happy, you know, putting in a full day's work and going, that's some quality stuff right there. And then getting paid good. So I'm at that crossroads right now, you know, employ a bunch of people, be big or just do what I do and keep it mellow and have some more time for myself. You know, there's, there's more racing. You know, but there's well, more racing, always more racing. <laughs> there's so many pluses to it. Um, you know, when you, when you build that project yourself, here's our problem. This is yours and mine. Cause we're, we're barely a year apart because I'm 54. I'll be 55 in September. I can physically do all the work. What's happening is I can't physically do all the work for 15 hours a day like I used to be able to. Right. You could be a madman for about four and a half hours and be like, okay, <laughs> I got to go talk to this guy. <laughs> yeah, I got to go take a phone call or I got to go talk to this guy. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to sit down for a minute. And then you come back and you can work more. You know, I could still work the 15 hour day. Right. But I am not going to, I'm not going to miss breakfast and lunch and work that 50 hour day. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think we change our schedules. I mean, I've always been, I don't sleep much. So, you know, I, I can be up at four and I can be in here you know, in my other office till eight or nine o'clock. Um, I've changed that a little bit because I have a little one. I have a nine year old. Um, but um, I've learned more to be like, I like taking them to school. You're right. I like taking my wife to go get some breakfast. So then if I start at 930, it don't matter. One thing, I own the company anyway. So I'm not, but I'm still always like that. Like, I got to put my hours in just like Joe and Jim did. I feel a little guilty. I don't know why, but I still do that. So I'll just work later in the evenings, but we always make our own time. I think that's one of the benefits of getting a little bit our age per se. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of benefits to it. Uh, Planning isn't don't you notice planning the day because you know what's coming, you can sidestep some of the little obstacles that come in, come uh, yeah. because you see it coming ahead of time. Yeah, sometimes the little obstacles, I, 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 
I, I still, when they come, I, I'm sometimes I'll put down what I'm doing. I, you know, maybe I'm a little bi- not bipolar, but uh, maybe in the shop, have you ever done this? You'll be like working on something, you'll pass by and go, oh, geez, I gotta forget that, right? <laughs> You're like, stop it. Why did I pick that up when I'm supposed to be over here doing that? I was supposed to go get the wrench to do that. So I have a little bit, of, I don't know what they call that, OCD or something like that. Randy, um, if you watched me work, you'd pull your hair out because I'm working on three to four or five different jobs at one time and doing little bits and pieces of all of them instead of doing one and finishing it. Right. And at the end of the day or at the end of the second day, they're all done. Right. So like with that being said earlier, like you said, so I do like to, I like to do every night. I like to say, okay, on Thursday, this is what I'm going to do. Cause if I can push through all that, that's a pretty good day. But in there, I do know there's going to be this coming on. Um, but I like to stay with what my plan was for the day, if that makes sense. Yes. When I was younger, I was more to please everybody when this kicked up or this kicked up, go do it. And I just prolonged my day. And then I only got three eighths of my day I was supposed to get done. So I think I'm more sufficient of staying with my schedule of getting things done and go, okay, Leonard, I heard you on Wednesday, but it's not going to happen until Friday now. I'll be right. there at nine o'clock. Yeah. So I, better management of time. I totally concur. Yep. So if we get back on track here a little bit, where do you see works going in your vision? In my vision, I want it to be the best. I want it to be the greatest off-road series in America. I know that's probably pretty arrogant saying. Um, I do think, though, my plans I have, um, like I said, with the crazy times we've had this year, I, I always wanted to have a three-year plan of where I wanted to be. It's a little broken right now. Um, but I'm putting personal money into works all the time. Um, things that need to be done for the riders and the racers, um, just better stuff so they can see like, Hey, you know, something they see maybe for the last decade change that. I don't know if it's a finish line or if it's a podium or if it's recognizing, I think if you, if you followed us and things I've done since I've taken over, you know, we podium all racers now, not just the pros. Okay. Um, I can tell you who brought that to my attention was Rob McCachron. He said that will go big time. If you recognize, you know, you got the youth racers out there, the four to seven, all the way up. So we made those slot times and it makes things a little tough sometimes, but y'all came here to race and do the best you can and get a podium. Everyone should be recognized. Right. So those small things, like I'm saying right there, that maybe someone on the list of this, or you'll be like, yeah, but it's a lot of small things we're doing like that, you know, to climb the ladder. Okay, because if you don't have the small things going in, you can throw big stuff out. I've seen a lot of promoters throwing the big numbers out, throwing the big this or that out, the big party. Um, But consistency and making it across the board, all the little good things, I think will create big things for all of us. Well, I hope. You know, I love the portion of supporting the the beginners and the C riders and the B riders. Um, I love that part. And, and, you know, the A writers are are getting close to turning into pros. So they're not as, uh, they don't need as much. Um, You have to take care of the little people. You have to take his time, turn around, put your hand out and be there for them because they do need guidance. They do need handholding. 
Um, and that's the wrong word, but they need someone to overlook that for them and to look out for them. Yes. Yes. I, I, I take pride in our race series being, I think some people in the last couple of years that we've owned it, they think maybe we're a little bit more, they'll disqualify you. They'll, we're, they're head hunting or whatever. Uh, I don't think people realize that, you know, Sean set most of those races up and had one guy out there watching the whole event go on. And I can tell you when you set up a seven, eight mile, like in Prim one time, we had an 11 mile course at the end of 19. It's a lot of manpower to make sure everyone's staying inside all the markers and everything, you know? Um, and, and so you know, presence of presence of us, you know, saying, Hey, we're going to start tech in these certain vehicles. Um, we're watching. Don't cut that course or your race is over. I'm talking pro pro races there, amateurs. Um, it depends how they go down in age. It's more of a talking to, I don't want to, you know, crush their career at that point. Um, but I've always been one to the rules of the rules and we all have to pay attention to them. We all have to, we all have to abide by them. Um, and the cream will come to the top and all that, you know, um, the true, the true competitor. So, and, and, you know, I think Sean in the beginning had, uh, huge high hopes and, and I don't know where he, where he got distracted. Um, but I certainly believe that, if you're going to have the standard, especially in the pro class, the standard being uh, a safety deal is an automatic, sorry, you, you, your actions threaten the, the safety of other people, you're out. Yourself and other people, yes. For sure. You know, you're, you, you cheated. Uh, that didn't threaten the other people, but that lost your integrity. You're out. Right. Um, you know, from there, then you just have to divide it up what the fair punishment is. Uh, it, Once again, I, and you know, I don't want to bag on Sean Reddish. Sean is a good guy. Um, the way he runs business is he wants to just put a little bit into it and it should sprout into something huge. You have to put your heart, you have to put money, you have to put everything into it. Yep. Um, I think a lot of competitors can tell you in any discipline again, um, you know, I don't show up or he showed, he used to show up for a race on Monday or Tuesday and get it kicked off. I'm there the weekend. If, if any, anybody will tell you this, that look at our tracks, they're prepped, they're watered. And I mean, that's a week before you get there. Okay. I'm not just keeping dust down. I'm trying to give, to give you a five, six, seven, eight mile track that is pretty much groomed on Friday and Saturday night. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, I, I still believe because I'm like that. It's off-road racing, though. Right. Um, so I'm not saying it's always going to be like that. One night I might say, don't groom. This water, let's go. This is an off-road race, and that's what you're going to do. So, you know, if you, if you do too much, then it's expected all the time. Then they're like, oh, my God, you guys blew this one. I'm like, no, we got to remember where our grassroots were. That it's off-road racing. It's not a seven-mile supercross track. You know what I mean? So, um, I think the fourth of, effort is being pushed by us a lot. I think a lot of people have forgotten that it's off-road racing and then there are bumps and there are ruts and there are rocks and there are, you know, everywhere. Yeah. You know, they didn't groom when I raced works, they didn't groom. Right. Right. When I raced works, when the green flag dropped, that's when you got to see the course. Yeah. Yeah. 
But you know, businesses, it, it's, it's more to be, like I said, customer, customer oriented. So, um, uh, like I said, I, I'm just always going to be putting more in. I think I might have spoke with you a, a five or six days ago. I told you about we just invested another twenty thousand dollars into a bunch of live streaming. Um, we even more in each year. We briefly touched on that. Yes, yes. So that is something that I want. I'm looking forward to. Uh, really getting the production crew out there and the live streaming um, for all disciplines and all in all classes to uh, to grow our YouTube video and everyone can see themselves racing. And uh, I think that's a big thing, you know, it um, is. is it something that needs to be done? Uh, maybe it's one of the lesser things we need to do. We need to concentrate more on different tracks and, and setting tracks up, but I think we got it all the way around. Um, there's one thing that I do is I have a lot more staff all the time. So you're getting a better product. I've never, can we run with seven or eight people? I mean, I like 20 people there. That's how I am with everything I do. Let's bring 20. If we use 15, whatever, the, the other five can clean up. <laughs> you know what I mean? If everyone's getting paid, we have to figure it out. Exactly. And you know, yeah. I mean, the best thing you can do <laughs> Put a pressure off somebody and, and bring their efforts up because they're not so tired or they're not pushed so hard. Um, and you, you don't want to wear out your people because it'll show, right? Yep. If you, if you got guys over there in the engine shop and, and prepping bikes and all that, and you're like, you got 10 of them to do, hurry up. You know, they're going to be like, you know, yeah, you, you have to make ample time to get things done. Um, so, so like I said, I, I just think there's a lot of things that are, are coming. Um, I've been looking at getting a helicopter. Um, I know this is probably two years off, um, for what I want to get, but I just want to keep on bringing things that, that say, go to a works race. I'm telling you what, these guys are doing it, um, all the way around. Um, and that's going to take time. It's making the relationships like, and I've been making the relationships. A lot of people were a little weary about works or had a different image of what I want works to be um but i'm going to get it done in the end and works is going to be exactly what i want it to be in the end because it's a mission that i have with my family to do and i want to take as many of the racers i can with us and let's have a good time you know and know when you win a championship that was a place to win a championship that's awesome i love it i also really enjoy seeing the drone footage that you guys get Oh, that's only going to get better, Leonard. Trust me. It's going to get much better. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. I like seeing the tracks. I like seeing the things on the Instagram. You know, I've been on the sidelines all year this year, and, and I'm hoping that things change for me and I get to, get to, to come back out and uh, participate. That would be awesome to have you guys out there yourself. Um, you know, we're, I just, I can, I keep on, I could keep on telling you things. I know the girls are working on a bunch of, I think we've gotten away from the works kids things we used to have. I, I, I bought a couple bounce houses this year, um, uh, but I'm going to have someone dedicated to that with all kinds of fun games and prizes, the little things like it used to be when me and you were kids, right? You, your mom and dad could take you somewhere for a few bucks and you'd be like, geez, this is the world. You know, it was just a little carnival, but it was put together well. And I kind of think we're a little carnival sometimes from city to city. So. <laughs> exactly. um, That's awesome. Randy, I want to really 
tell you how much I appreciate you spending the time with me. I know how busy you are. And I, I know that uh, our schedules didn't meet up right at first, but I really appreciate you taking the time with ATV Talk. And this will be an inspired episode. And I'll get back with you telling you when it's going to come out. Um, we, I believe, and, and I was told back in the beginning of this, that content was king. If you had content, you were good. And I have content. Um, so when I tape an episode, it doesn't always come out immediately. Um, it does take a little time to get us to filter out where we're going to put everybody and how to lay it out. Um, I'm very new at this. Uh, we haven't even hit our six months yet. Um, and we've already achieved goals uh, that we weren't supposed to. Well, Leonard, let me tell you something. On my end, um, I'm not concerned when it comes out or anything like that. Um, me and you are industry people. Like I said, we're here for the industry. I'm here for you to not make you have the biggest podcast in the world. I do know you're a dedicated person to the industry, and, and as such as myself. Anytime I could do anything to help you guys or call on us or want to talk to someone else in my company, we're all for it. We're here for you, and I know you're here for us. So. Well, I really appreciate that. And I'm hoping that ATV Talk will be able to come to the works races and uh, do some promotions there. Um, uh, I don't exactly know how being mobile will work for us um, because everybody in ATV Talk has a job. Um, and we do this because we love what we do and we're learning and, and spending all of our spare time doing it. So... Uh, and no, it doesn't pay any money. It doesn't, it doesn't pay any bills. <laughs> I mean, any, any time you could probably pop out to a track, we could create a green room for you. And uh, we could actually have a show at the track too all the time. You know, there's, there's lots of things we can do together. So, Well, I look forward to it. And uh, I will be in touch with you very shortly. Great. You have a great evening, Leonard. And it was nice talking to you. Um, happy holidays. Merry Christmas and tell your wife, thank you very much. I know I was taking some family time. <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking after your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolutions.org or call for an appointment, 858-571-0160. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.